You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 920 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Friday evening. And most of today's show will break down what became a 116 to 100 victory for the Hawks on the road in Washington over the Wizards. A pretty comfortable win for Atlanta, all things considered, and a pretty solid performance from the Hawks across the board. So that's a positive evening for the team. There was the one negative of the, of the injury to DeAndre Hunter that we'll talk about later on in the show. But in general, a very nice night for Atlanta, improving to 10 and 9 on the season and 5 and 5 on the road. Before we dive in, to the game. I do want to plug yesterday's podcast. I had Ben Ladner on the show, good friend of the program. We talked about the first quarter of the Hawks season, the first 18 games, some broad takeaways there, about an hour of conversation that's still very relevant right now and even into the weekend. So that's a little bit longer content as I had a guest on that I enjoy talking to. But um, listen to that one, subscribe to the podcast, do all that stuff. And thank you as always for joining us on the show. To the game itself, the Hawks were pretty much at full strength In this game, there were four guys on the injury report going into the game, as we discussed yesterday on the podcast, but all of them ended up playing, which is a positive Capella, Okongwu, Reddish, and Rondo were all on the injury report, but all ended up going in this game. So only Bogdanovich and Dunn were out of action. The Hawks actually opened uh, yesterday, as I discussed on the podcast, as a six-point favorite on the road, according to our friends at betonline.ag. But the Hawks actually closed to three and a half point favorites. So there was something going on there. Somebody was probably either better on betting on Washington or just the fact that the Wizards had more guys available than originally planned. But um, some action going in Washington's favor that did not end up being prescient, as the Hawks won this game pretty comfortably. But that was notable to me coming into the game. But other than that, nothing else to really get into. Washington was more loaded roster-wise than they had been previously. But uh, spoiler alert, the the Wizards did not really play very well in this game, and we'll get into that as we get going here. So... At the top, the Hawks opened this game with a 7-2 lead, and the Wizards missed their first six, shot, first six shot attempts. It was pretty ugly, honestly, on both ends of the floor in the early going of this game. The Hawks were 4-18 of 18 from the floor and 1-7 of seven from 3, but they were actually winning because they had free throws and they, t- and they took care of the ball in terms of turnovers, and Washington was struggling so badly on offense. There was um, one instance early on of Trey... Trey Young getting Bradley Beal in the air for a three-shot foul. Beal had a second foul in the first five minutes. The Hawks went to Gallinari and Reddish as their first subs. No surprise there. And they actually went to a Kongwu for two stints in this game, including actually, I guess, three at the end. But um, one in the first quarter, his first appearance since Sunday, and he played reasonably well, especially defensively. Um, and He came in a little bit earlier than I think they anticipated because John Collins got his second foul and sat for a little bit of a, I would say, a pretty long stretch in the first half. Overall, and Hongwu showed out pretty decently defensively, I thought, anyway. And then the Hawks finally kicked it, sort of kicked it into high gear at the end of the first quarter with a 15-5 to run to go up 31-22 to after the Wizards took a very brief lead at 17-16. That was actually Washington's final lead of the game, was 17-16, and the rest of it was the, was the Hawks all the way through. Atlanta actually closed with during that run with Atlanta that they had not used really all year long. It was Rondo, Reddish, Solomon Hill at the three, Gallinari, and Kongwu. And that actually worked out pretty well. Um, I'm not sure if that was expected, but that was what they ended up doing. And Gallinari had um, very, very quickly, he scored nine points in about a minute, including two threes in a row in which the net didn't even move. Like, just kind of stands to, you know, <laughs> kind of difficult shots, actually. But um, 
got Ari's a score. What, what, what can you say? Uh, he was able to uh, sort of kickstart that run, and the Hawks led by nine at the end of the first quarter. So, again, they didn't shoot well in the first period, but they got to the line ten times. That was a theme throughout the game offensively, and only two turnovers in the first quarter, and they held Washington to do 30, 32% shooting, which always helps to take a lead. Um, in the second, they actually went back to Herder and Capella pretty quickly, with Reddish and Okongwu both kind of scuffling a little bit offensively, I will say, in the first quarter at the end. Um, Rondo was actually very good, especially in the first half. He had eight points and made his first three shots. A couple many Gallinari. Those two guys got a lot of praise from Lloyd Pierce after the game, and rightly so. It was a good it was a good night for the two old for the, the two old heads for the Hawks and Rondo and Gallinari. Um, and Rondo sort of kickstarted a 7-0 run that gave the Hawks a 10-point lead, their first double-digit lead of the game, after Washington kind of came out of the gate a little bit more strong in the second quarter. There was a funny moment in, sort of early in the second quarter when Kevin Herter missed a lob finish. The damage was not done because Collins cleaned it up for a dunk, but Vince Carter, who was on the broadcast tonight, was poking fun at Kevin, who he played with, of course, for two seasons, and he said he would text him at halftime. Um, some good-natured stuff from Vince in the booth tonight with with Mike Glenn and Bob Rathbun. It's always fun to hear those guys together. At any rate, um, DeAndre Hunter got injured with six minutes to go in the first half. We didn't know necessarily at the time. Um, I, you know, b- People were spotting him on the bench being worked on by trainers. I didn't notice anything too blatant right then and there, but... He didn't play the rest of the half, so that was kind of a uh, pretty big alarm that was going off in most people's heads because he had not appeared. And normally, he would not sit for that long without foul trouble. They closed with Rondo and Trey Young together at the end of the first half, and Hunter would have definitely come back into the game. But going into halftime, right, pretty much right after the buzzer, the Hawks announced that he was going to be out for the rest of the game with right knee discomfort. No update beyond that. Lloyd Pierce said they were going to look at him tomorrow, and the training staff would have a uh, sort of a closer look at him, but no other update beyond that other than saying he was sore. So hopefully nothing there for Hunter. Obviously, he's been fantastic this season, as we discussed a lot on yesterday's podcast. But a big loss. You know, Fortunately, in this game, the Hawks were able to withstand that, but uh, if, that's a long, if it's a long-term injury, that would be bad for the Hawks in a, in, a lot of, in a lot of different ways. So we'll get into that later on if we need to, but no update for now, and uh, the Hawks are uh, just looking ahead briefly. The Hawks are off until Monday, so that's probably a, a nice sign to recover if it's not a serious injury for Hunter. Late in the first half, the defense kind of slowed down a little bit, but they did hold them off because of the offense being quite good. It was a nice fluid lob pass from Young to Capella with about, with about two minutes to go. The Hawks led by as many as 13 before halftime, and then settled in at a, with an 11-point lead at the break because Cam Reddish had a, a, a buzzer-beating three. At the end of the first half, after, after a nice pass by Trey Young, who drew the defense, kicked it out, and a good look by Cam to put the lead from 8 up to 11. The Hawks took care of the ball well in the first half, shot 52, 52% from the floor in the second quarter after a, sort of the slow start offensively, and the Wizards were held to sub-100 offensive rating. They held Bradley Beal to 10 points on 10 shots in the first half, so a pretty solid approach. Trey Young led all scores with 13 in the first half, in the, in the first half, but it wasn't like he wasn't dominant until after the break. But even then, the Hawks were pretty balanced before halftime, and there was a lot of positives. And again, I would say the Hawks didn't play like incredibly well offensively at any point in this game, other than Trey kind of doing his thing at times. But defensively, they did just enough, and they made more shots in the second quarter. So kind of a balanced effort. All things considered, they go into halftime up 11, and they were really never threatened again. We'll talk about that more in a second. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is betonline.ag. The NFL season is coming to a close in the near future, but the biggest game of all is still to come. And with that in mind, there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that place is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus with the site. 
If you listen to this show, you will undoubtedly know that the NBA is now in full swing. On top of that, basketball fans may also be interested in jam-packed college basketball slates virtually every night of the week. And from there, the matchup for all the marbles in the NFL is now set. And there are other sports also worthy of your attention, from hockey to soccer to MMA, and baseball is coming soon. If none of that gets you going, there's a full menu of offerings from BetOnline on any sport you can think of. And BetOnline also has a huge menu of player props as well as live wagering options, future bets, alternate lines, and much, much more. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Instead, get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. One more time, that is promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, after halftime, it was a lot of interesting sort of, I would say, give and take with a lot, a lot changing, if that makes sense. The Hawks led by double digits for the vast majority of the second half, uh, although there were some runs that we'll touch on and some highlights to hit on as well. It was Cam Reddish in the starting lineup for DeAndre Hunter. No surprise there, given that Reddish is the next man up on the wing. Um, the Hawks scored the first five points, including a deep three by Trey Young, take their largest lead of the night, uh, up by 16 out of the gate. By the way, that three by Trey was the 400th of his career. He's the 10th player in Hawks history to have 400 threes, which is already impressive because he's only in year three. But the big one is that he is the fewest um, games ever in NBA history to get to 400 threes. Less than 200 games, like a pretty crazy run by Trey three-point shooting-wise. Obviously, having the keys out of the gate helps with that. But anytime you could be the fewest games to in NBA history to a market like that in the history of the, of the league is pretty wild. So shout-out to Trey Young. For that, he was fantastic after the halftime break, as we'll dive into even further here. But the Hawks led by 17 in pretty short order in the third quarter. A timeout by Washington. The Wizards kind of had a meltdown, honestly, in the third quarter. Really the entire second half, but really in the third quarter especially. Um, Bradley Beal got a technical foul. He was chirping. And I think if Bradley Beal was not Bradley Beal, he would have probably been ejected. He was really, really, really going nuts on the officials in the third quarter. Then there was an earlier scuffle, actually, that I forgot to mention in the first half between Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo. They kind of got into it. Um, that'll come back in a second momentarily. But a lot of sort of meltdown stuff by the Wizards. In fact, moments later, Robin Lopez got ejected on back-to-back technical fouls while on the bench. That was the first time in the game, but not the last time in the game that would happen. <laughs> Lopez got tossed from the bench, again, which is kind of crazy to see. Beal kept going in. And then uh, it kind of built later on with Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter, by the way, getting ejected after a made three by Washington. And Rajon Rondo was really in Westbrook's head the entire game, I thought. Um, he waved goodbye to Russ. The video is making the rounds there, and that was uh, pretty funny to watch. And then Rondo himself got ejected late in the fourth, again, in a stoppage. He was in his warm-ups. He was in his warm-ups. So lots of technical fouls, lots of ejections, and lots of weirdness. But alas, it didn't really end up mattering too much. The Hawks um, did go up by 22 late in the third. In fact, by 23 at, at, at one point in the third quarter. Um, with Trey Young having 14 free throw attempts in his first 23 minutes of action, they were very, very frequent at the free throw line. Um, a nice pick and roll, I thought, from Young to a Kongwu that drew a foul for the young man. The young big man, I should say. And then they brought in Tony Snell late in the third quarter for a stint with Hunter unavailable. It was uneventful, but that was notable to me. The Hawks led by 18 at the end of the third quarter. The fourth quarter, there was a couple of uh, ebbs and flows. So the lead, got, the lead got down to 15 pretty quickly, which is not what you know, you're not in trouble at that point in time, but you would have obviously preferred to have the real cruise control in the fourth, given that they were up by 23 in the third. They brought Trey Young back in um, right on time to kind of kind of quell that run a little bit. He had an alley-oop to Collins that was very nice that um, was certainly making the rounds. And then he went kind of crazy on his own with a four-point play 
and then another layup to go up by 21. And I even tweeted this. I thought it was over at that point in time. Um, after the little run Washington made, Trey kind of puts it into the game up by 21. But then, of course, like right on cue, the Wizards kind of awaken. They scored the next eight in about a minute to get back within, within 13. Getting them the bonus really helped Washington in this game. The Hawks had some pretty lazy, bad fouls early in the fourth quarter. There's one by Herder I can remember, a couple of other ones that were not ideal fouls, and that let Washington kind of get going at the free-throw line, which wasn't the huge part of the run, but it was certainly a big factor along the way. And, you know, a weird technical foul that was actually assigned to Goodwin originally in the box score. That was actually Rondo getting ejected off the bench during a timeout. And that gave the Wizards another free throw and two more. So they suddenly went from down 21 to down 10 with an 11-0 run. It was a bizarre run, but it was a run nonetheless. And at that point, you're up 10, yes, but with like almost five minutes to go. And the game's not over then. Obviously, the Hawks are a big favorite still, up 10. But it was wavering a little, and then Trey Young kind of just said, all right, this is over. He scored um, immediately with a big three after that break to break the drought entirely on a deep on a deep three, I would say. And he scored the next 10 overall points for the Hawks. Um, the Wizards did score in that run, but the next the next 10 for Atlanta were all by Trey. And when that run ended, Atlanta was up was, was up by 16 points, and that was the end of that. So, like I said, the Hawks were never in real, in real trouble here, but when it got down to 10, the Hawks have blown some leads this year, and nothing is safe when it's going the wrong, wrong way like that, and there was some momentum going on with the Wizards, and et cetera, et cetera. But Trey put an end to that, and he was fantastic down the stretch. Put the game away, and it never got below 10 on the way to the final score of 116 to 100. So, defensively in this game, the Hawks played, like, well. Washington's not incredible on offense, but they are better on offense than defense. The Hawks did a good job Bradley Beal in this game. A number of guys played defense on him uh, throughout the night. It was Herter to start. It was Reddish. It was Hunter. It was even, uh, you know, I think Snell had him for a second when he came in. Uh, you know, they had some attention paid to Beal for obvious reasons. He was leading the league in scoring at one point. So he's been fantastic, but they held him to a pretty inefficient night. He had 26 at the end, but uh, was a, lot, a lot of that was in the fourth quarter and a pretty good defensive performance from the, from, um, from the Hawks on Beal in particular. But just in general also, the Wizards score about 1.01 points per possession in this game, which is well below average. That'd be like a worst in the league kind of mark. So good, de- good defense there by Atlanta. Holding them down, shooting wise, um, not a ton of turnover creation, but other than that, it did a pretty good job. The only thing that was black mark for the defense was that Washington took 38 free throws, and a lot of those, a lot of those came in the fourth. As I mentioned, getting in the bonus early in the fourth was a death knell in some ways for the defense. The Wizards took 16 free throws in the fourth quarter. 16 free throws in the fourth quarter when they were losing. You know, oftentimes you'll see like the foul game happen and a team takes a lot of free throws in the fourth quarter because they're winning. Washington was losing and just getting the line over and over and over again. So that was a, uh, a bit of a downturn late. But other than that, the defense was actually quite good in this game, and they should be praised for that. Offensively, the Hawks ended up scoring about 1.17 points per possessions, which is, uh, you know, very, very good, obviously. Um, you know, it sort of ebbed and flowed in terms of how it actually happened. The Hawks did not shoot well early. They did not shoot well late other than Trey Young. But in the middle, they kind of made some shots, and they got to the line a lot in this game. It took 34 free throw attempts, 12, off, 12 offensive rebounds, uh, 13 turnovers, which is pretty solid for the Hawks. They shot the ball decently well at the end of the game, 45% from the floor and 32.4% from three. Just kind of a well-rounded effort. Obviously, it was it was a lot of Trey and not a ton else from other guys. Uh, Collins had 17. That was his second-leading scorer. But just a lot of uh, little contributions. Like Basically, everyone that played a lot of minutes had six points or more, uh, with the exception of Solomon Hill. 
So, yeah, just a lot of positives for Atlanta in this game offensively. I will point out Washington's defense is ghastly, and that's a factor here. But the Hawks, even without shooting the ball, great. That's that's kind of my my final thing on this overall takeaway section about the offense is that the Hawks didn't shoot all that well in this game and still managed to score at a high level. Some of that's definitely Washington's defense, but some of that's just the Hawks grinding it out at a high level and uh, a solid effort offensively. And overall, you know, winning this game by 16 points on the road may not be like memorable, but it's a solid, solid victory. And they covered the spread by 10 plus points. They just played solidly well in this game. It wasn't an A-plus performance, it wasn't a C-performance either. It was somewhere in the middle and a good above-average effort and a win as a result. So, before we get to the individual takeaways in this game, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is Built Bar. I've been telling you for a long time that Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that is still very much the case, but also the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. The original flavors are fantastic, and they continue to be so, but now there are 18 amazing flavors to choose from, including new selections like caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, and and of course my personal favorite, in cookies and cream. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and they're all soft and easy to chew, which is also very important to point out. And from there, I should remind you that Built Bar is also fantastic. For those of us trying to be health conscious, you can maintain or even lose weight while still enjoying something that's absolutely delicious. Bars are low calorie, high protein, low sugar, and high fiber. And Built Bar is even great if you're on the keto diet with all the nutrients you need. And again, a taste that puts other competitors in the space to absolute shame. In order to check it all out, BuiltBar.com is the place to go. Yes, it's BuiltBar.com right now. And use the promo code LOCKEDON when you get there. When you visit BuiltBar.com and use that promo code, you'll get 20% off your next order with Built Bar. One more time, that is BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com and try Built Bar today. We will close up the podcast now with some individual takeaways from this game. Like I alluded to a moments ago, it was a top-heavy performance scoring-wise for Atlanta with Trey Young, but it was a solid game for a lot of different guys. So the Hawks, everyone that was active played because of garbage time. It was notable to me that Brandon Goodwin did not play in the rotation in this game. That was because Rondo had it going and also just the fact that they kind of had everybody ready to go. And there'll be nights when Goodwin doesn't play. But he and and Fernando got got in for the last minute or so. Nothing really to add there. Tony Snell had the one regular stint. He was minus five in six minutes. Misses only three-point attempts, so a pretty quiet night there. Akongwu played 11 minutes. He was two or three from the floor, two or three from the free throw line. Had four rebounds and six points. He was a net zero in the plus-minus. I think defensively he flashed a little bit, and offensively he had a couple of moments where he was like he was definitely a rookie out there. A couple of dropped passes that he probably needs to catch, and that's I mentioned on Twitter. But Hubble has good hands. I'm not worried about his hands. He looks to be just kind of still like nervous almost, um, uneasy at times, kind of not knowing where he's supposed to be offensively. He's a rookie, and you could see that most of the time. But defensively, a couple of nice flash plays, and he finished around the rim a couple of times. A generally positive night, although not an overwhelmingly one, an overwhelmingly positive night for Akongwu. Um, elsewhere, Solomon Hill, 20 minutes. He missed all four of his threes, which is not what you want from Solomon, but he did it pretty solidly across the board other than that. Two points, three rebounds, and a steal in 20 minutes, plus four. Rondo was quite good in this game. I, thought, I think he struggled this season overall so far, but eight points, four assists, two rebounds, and made for three shots, and 15 minutes of play, but got in Westbrook's head, did have three turnovers, which is not what you want necessarily for, from a steady hand point guard, but he did his job, sort of helped bridge the gap at the end of the first half when Hunter left the game. I thought it was a above-average night for Rondo overall. He definitely helped them. And then Gallinari was very, very good in 18 minutes. Obviously, he's still being held back deployment-wise for health reasons, I assume, but 11 points in 18 minutes. He had nine points, again, within about a minute in the first half. 
that kind of that kind of shows you what he's able to give you offensively at times. But three rebounds as well, different turnovers, which is which is a little bit more than you would want. But I think he was very solid, and, and those contributions, especially from Gallinari and Rondo, were very big. And then Cam Reddish became sort of the the de facto starter after halftime, but he played 32 minutes. He was plus 10. I think offensively, it was not a great night for Cam. Um, two of seven from the floor, one of five from three, two of four from the free throw line, and two turnovers, and did, did have seven points. But defensively, he was good in this game. After a couple games where I didn't think he was quite as good as he normally is, he was really good on Beal when he was on him in this game, made a couple plays, had a steal and a block along the way here. So it was kind of the, uh, you know, I would say pluses and minuses for Cam. There were a couple of offensive sort of no-hope kind of drives that he has every once in a while. He had, he had a couple of those in this game. But he definitely flashed defensively, and they needed him in a big way after Hunter went down. He provided what he needed to provide defensively. Um, to the starters, Hunter, 12 minutes. Nothing else to really say there. He was pretty solid when he played, but uh, obviously the injury is the most important thing there, and fingers crossed on that. Kevin Herter was probably the guy who struggled the most for the Hawks in this game. He had five points. It was actually a game-high plus 21. That is misleading. I'm not trying to pile on. I think people know that I uh, I think Kevin is a good player, but he was not good in this game. Two of ten from the floor, one of five from three. Did have three assists and a steal, but defensively had some bad effort plays. Um and also just not not playing strong. He's not strong anyway, but he had a couple of uh, shaky performances and then had five fouls. A couple of those were pretty lazy in the fourth, I thought. Sort of like those reach fouls that you don't need to have when you're in the bonus. You know, I could nitpick this all day. The Hawks won this game. I'm not going to try to pile on too much, but I thought it was a pretty bad game for Kevin overall. I think he's been good this season, but this is not his best night, and it's a reminder that plus-minus is not always indicative because he was the game high, plus 21. He probably didn't earn that necessarily with the way that he played. Um... Elsewhere, though, the three guys at the top of the bill all played well in this game. Uh, Clint Capella, offensively, was kind of shaky. Uh, I would say more than kind of. He was not efficient. Um, 6-14 from the floor for him is not... It doesn't, that doesn't look terrible, but for him, that's bad because he's always taking pretty easy shots. He had a couple of uh, bad finishing attempts, um, but still, you know, what are, I'm not trying to pile on there either because defensively, he had 14 rebounds. He had three block shots. Um, did his job defensively, sort of protected the rim quite a bit, so... This is a less explosive and dynamic and dominant game from Capella, but it's also a good reminder that even his baseline of rebounding and defense is such is so helpful for this team. I think he's still an overall plus, even with the shaky offense that he, that he displayed in this game. And that's going to happen sometimes, but I think he was still a, a very solid contributor overall. John Collins played very well, I thought. 17 points, 8 rebounds in 30 minutes. He had the foul trouble early on, ended up with 5. So that's kind of what held him back minutes-wise and probably some production-wise stuff. But I think he was very solid across the board. Defensively, a couple of nice contests from him. And then, of course, his efficient 17 points on 13 shooting possessions is very solid as well. So he was very good, I thought, overall. And then Trey Young was dominant at times and overall. Um, after halftime, he had 28 points in the second half, 18 in the fourth quarter. Finished with 41 on 10 of 18 from the, from the floor, 5 of 9 from 3, and 16 of 17 from the free throw line. Only five assists, which is lower than he usually has, but when you're dominating offensively as a scorer, the, the assists are going to come down a little bit. That's totally fine. He was plus 12. You know, Trey made every play. He got some praise from everybody after the game because, you know, again, the game was not necessarily, like, full-on wavering, but the Hawks were a little bit uneven in that fourth quarter, and he was the catalyst. He had 18 in the fourth alone, and the Wizards had 29. So he was really the biggest reason why the Hawks made this comfortable. They were going to probably win anyway, but uh, he kind of put the game away in the fourth, and that was a huge um, sort of steady hand influence, and he was obviously dynamic because you can't fake 41 points in 34 minutes. He was very good overall. 
So, from now, the Hawks will go to uh, back to Atlanta, we'll say. They actually had the entire weekend off, which is a bit strange, um, especially this season. Not a whole lot of Saturday-Sunday breaks, but the Hawks have this game on Friday night, and then they play at home on Monday against the Lakers. This is a pretty interesting week for the Hawks overall. They have Lakers on Monday at home, followed by Dallas, Utah, those are, and those are back-to-back Wednesday and Thursday, and then Toronto for an 8 o'clock start on Saturday. So, all, all home games, which is obviously nice, but playing its four good teams, including the reigning champs. Utah is the hottest team in the league right now as they arrive. Dallas is not playing particularly well, but they're still solid. And then Toronto is kind of scuffling, but Toronto's still a better team than they've showed so far. So four big challenges for Atlanta, um, and we'll see how they respond to all of that. Okay, that'll do it for today and this week, barring a crazy development over the weekend. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please, one more time, listen to all the shows from earlier this week, all the game breakdowns, as well as Ben Ladder joining me yesterday. Great time to subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, and we'll be back again early next week. So stay tuned, and we'll see you then.